1: We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is the life. it still gives us the life.
0: Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God.
2: Welcome this morning to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. We're joining you here on a blessed day from our studio right here in Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, sending out the messages of Christ and His Church all throughout our listening area. We're so well. We're so thankful to have you uh, join us this morning, and um, just thinking about all the blessings we were just talking before the show began here about the different blessings that we've received uh, throughout uh, these first few weeks of spring and gorgeous weather and snows disappearing. There's a lot of life, and with COVID things, I think people are antsy to get out and do things. There are lots of dog walkers and whatever else in my neighborhood. Uh, in this past weekend but it just is an honor and a joy to be with you this morning and uh, we've got a great show uh, lined up for you but uh, before we get into that let's uh, start our morning off with a prayer in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit amen lord jesus we thank you for the gift of this day we thank you for the life and every breath that we take in it We ask you to continue to bless Real Presence Radio and the work that you've instilled in it to do from the beginning of time. We ask that you bless uh, all of our listeners, our hosts, uh, the guests that we'll have on today. May this radio station continue to do the work that you've asked for it to do for the salvation of souls and for the building up of your kingdom here on earth. And we ask for a multitude of miraculous blessings that uh, you may be well known uh, throughout our entire listening area And transform our culture and our lives so that we can give our life and desire your will above all things. And we ask this through the intercession of our Blessed Mother. As we pray, hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well... Should we talk a little bit about what's going to happen on the show this morning? No? Okay. Well, we're going to start off here then. Uh, we have got Steve who, uh who is very well known to our listening area. I'm sure many of us, myself included, have seen Steve uh, either in person at banquets or uh, listening to him on the station. I still get to hear your prayers when I'm driving, listening in. So that's, that's a blessing. I still like hearing your voice. But welcome to Real Presence Live.
3: Good morning. Thanks. It's great to be here.
2: Uh, we're going to talk a little bit this morning about uh, St. Joseph and what he teaches us about fatherhood. But uh, first, I'm sure our listeners would like to get a little bit of an update on how things have been going uh, in your life and your endeavors. you want to give them a, just a brief, how, how are things going for Steve? Sure.
3: Yeah, I mean, as I mentioned before, Nathan, better than I deserve. The Lord is uh, really uh, just taking care of our, our family and, and opening doors. I'm working with EWTN uh, right now as a coach and counsel, uh, um Consultation with other radio groups across the nation. So right now, I'm uh, generally working with about 25 different radio groups um, on a general basis, and very closely with about seven, um, and just trying to do what we did here at Real Presence Radio and helping them to grow and find uh, the Lord's will for their mission and their work. And so it's uh, pretty exciting. Uh, It's totally different endeavor because I'm not in charge. So I I can't. You know, it's actually a great blessing because I can't make things happen. I can only encourage and support, and which is something that I feel like even at Real Presence Radio, the, start, uh, the Lord started doing in me and saying, "No, you, you don't do these things. You encourage and support and help others do them." And so, just kind of a really a, just an extension of that that work that we did at Real Presence Radio. Um, and so, it's a great blessing.
2: Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, again, we're going to talk about here at Saint Joseph, and you've pulled out some um, very inspiring. Um, statements that were placed on the radio station during the year of St. Joseph and we're just going to kind of get started and talk about them and we'll Take it to wherever the Holy Spirit uh, leads our conversation.
3: Excellent. Yeah. So as you know, as many of you know, uh, Pope Francis uh, made named this the Year of Saint Joseph back in December uh, with his letter Patris Corte, which is the heart of a father. Which, of course, just that phrase we could talk about Nathan, you yep. and I for a couple hours probably, but we won't. Um, <laughs> but uh, he and I, Nathan and I talked a little bit before the break or before we came on, and we have a couple of favorite. Um, our own favorite. So I'll read mine. Is that okay? And We'll just talk on it a little bit. So uh, Joseph was the man chosen by God to guide the beginnings of the history of redemption. He was the true miracle by which God saves the child and his mother. God acted by trusting in Joseph's creative courage, arriving in Bethlehem and finding no lodging where Mary could have give birth. Joseph took a stable and as best he could, turned it into a welcoming home for the Son of God to come into the world. The gospel does... Not tell us how long Mary and Joseph and the child remained in Egypt, yet they certainly needed to eat to find a home and employment. It does not take much imagination to fill in those details. At the end of every account in Joseph, in which Joseph plays a role, the gospel tells us that he gets up, takes the child and his mother, and does what God commanded him. St. Joseph, model of creative courage. Pray pray for for us. us. You know, I was that phrase creative courage just struck me. Because so often in life... <clears throat> one of the things that I've experienced is that a difficulty is not really a difficulty. It's an opportunity. And I think that's how Joseph, I, I see Joseph uh, looking at opportunities and saying, or difficulties and saying, this is, this is an opportunity for that creative courage. And the Holy Spirit really in those situations steps in, you know, and changes the picture. Uh, so often, one of the things that I'm doing with radio groups, I'm doing a SWOT analysis, um, S-W-O-T which is strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. And a lot of the groups that I'm visiting with, they talk about, okay, you know, they laugh, say, Steve, sorry, our weakness, our weakness uh, list is really, really long. <laughs> and so that's kind of disheartening. And our strength, we, and I said, guess what? Guess what? What a great gift. Because Paul tells us power is made perfect in weakness. And so our weaknesses create opportunities for the Lord to work in our life. And so that creative courage comes into play. And so I really, that really excited me. This paragraph um, from Patris Corte really excited me.
2: Well, I, I think it's interesting, too, when it talks about, you know, opportunities that you mentioned. Like, I'm sure Joseph isn't thinking, uh, take the kid and marry to Egypt. Uh, that sounds terrible. Like, that's a long way. I'm not prepared. What, what, what do I need to do? But just taking the first step, which then follows the next step. And, um, you know, I can remember back when I was having employment issues back in the 2012 kind of time frame and not sure why, why was I losing my job, why are these things happening. And I went to a cursillo, and one of the men there on the cursillo was from Jamestown, and he basically said, you never go wrong when you're fulfilling your vocation. God will always ask you at the end of your life, how did you do your vocation? So what are the opportunities you do have for work now and temporary jobs and piecemealing things together this is the next thing, Right how do we get the next meal? I'm sure that's what Joseph's idea was. Well, okay, go to Egypt. Now I'm here. Okay, how do we eat today? What what temporary job can I get today to make sure we can eat something this day? Then just trusting that the next day there will be another opportunity to do that and another opportunity after that and being okay with that, that you're not in control and that you know, I'm sure there was temporary jobs. Maybe he didn't do as good on the job as he would have liked. And so the foreman or whoever is in charge gets on his case. And maybe, maybe the next day you don't take that same job again because <laughs> this line of work isn't for you. But being okay with that, because that just means that there's another place that God wants me to be. And I'm, I'm sure there were many of those kinds of times where all, all it needed, and it's easy to say, was just radical trust. Radical Absolutely. trust.
3: Absolutely, I mean that, and that creative courage comes into play where instead of getting down on yourself when, when, when you fail, you say, this is an opportunity for the Lord to show me something about myself and, and maybe to show me what he's trying to do uh, in, our, in our lives. And so I think that's a, it's just a great image of that, that sense of we're not in control. I think so often in the, in the world today, And we we preach it even to our own children. You know, you need to have a plan. You need to have a a business plan. You need to have a (laughs) three-year plan and a budget. And, you know, and as I was talking with my own daughter on the way in, when I visit with with radio groups, I say, a business plan and a budget, they are necessary. But I want you, I don't want them to limit you. Um, And one of the things that Mother Angelica talks about, you know, she says, if you give the Lord a thimble, don't be surprised that all he gives you is enough to fill up the thimble. Give him a bucket and leave the cover off, you know, in that sense of sometimes we limit the Lord with our dreams are kind of small. He thinks bigger. And so that creative courage allows us to go, well, here's what I'm thinking, Lord, but if, it, if, if I'm completely wrong and if I fail even at this, I know you have something better in mind.
2: Yeah. Well, and one of those temporary jobs that I took at that time uh, was being the front desk person at the local hospital. Mm. And so, you know, you go from doing what you thought God called you to do to being you know, the frontline person doing, you know, paperwork. Uh, And I think it's important, but everyone's job matters. Like we need everyone to do, to do everything. Um, er Everything needs to get done, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. But in that friendships, I I was at a homeschool conference to, I think it was two weekends ago. And one of the women there was one of my coworkers from being at the hospital. And so we talked and reconnected and talked about our families and what was going on. And that doesn't happen if I'm not put you know, in that situation. So I'm sure that in those times, Joseph thought, well, how can I bring God into a land that obviously is not uh, welcoming to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? How can I bring what the Lord wants of me into this world that, that probably needed Joseph? And who were the, the actual Egyptian men who worked side by side with Joseph while he was earning his daily bread, so to speak? that were changed in their own life? What kind of positive impacts did he make on individuals that we won't ever know anything about? But they probably looked at him as not just being a foreigner, but a hard worker, someone who cared about them. Do you think that might have changed what they thought about this Hebrew people on the other side of you know the, the Nile River or whatever the case may be? It just makes me wonder what some of those actual interactions were that he had and how can I mimic those when I'm in a place where I didn't expect to be at a hospital. That wasn't... That wasn't the plan when Nathan was uh, you know, in high school going through the guidance counselor uh, mm-hmm. uh, list of jobs to consider growing up, right? Yeah.
3: Well, and, and speaking on work, I, mean, I think your, favorite, uh, your f- favorite quote here from uh, this uh, Patris Cordia letter, uh, St. Joseph, was on work, wasn't it? Yes. So let's let yes. me show yours. Um,
2: all right. Uh, St. Joseph's work reminds us that God himself in becoming man did not disdain work. St. Joseph was a carpenter, who earned an honest living to provide for his family? From him, Jesus learned the value, the dignity, and the joy of what it means to eat bread that is the fruit of one's own labor. In our own day, when employment has once more become a burning social issue and unemployment at times reaches record levels, even in nations that for decades have enjoyed a certain degree of prosperity, there is a renewed need to appreciate the importance of dignified work, of which St. Joseph is an exemplary patron. As we journey together this year, let us invoke the intercession of this great model of diligence, St. Joseph.
3: Pray for us.
2: And I think the reason why that kind of stuck out for me, kind of going back to the Valley City thing by accident, is all work is important. And I think at times we think like, and it got brought up during covid what's an essential business Mm -hmm. well my answer is everything's an essential business not just because it provides people with an opportunity to earn an income which provides for their own food but what are people doing that we don't need if we didn't need it people wouldn't do it the reason people make tile is because we want to put tile in our homes right the reason that people make trash bags is because we want trash bags in our home well how does the trash bag get there right well Someone had to drive a truck there. Well, that means vehicle maintenance is needed because if the truck goes down, I can't get my garbage bags, right? And even I, I tell my kids all the time, there's not a job that someone does that doesn't impact you in some type of way, right? I'm so thankful, and this is what I share with my kids the guy that drives the trash truck to our house every day and takes our trash away, what kind of, how much worse would the world be mm-hmm. if no one said, oh, I'm not doing that job? Like,
3: we'll go, just go to a foreign nation or country where they're on, they're on uh, uh, you know, they're, they're, we were in Italy about a year ago, just over a year ago, and they were on strike. <laughs> There's garbage everywhere. <laughs> it's stunk, so that's what happens.
2: Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not the way in which we want to live. It's not, it's not the, the, the best way for human beings to flourish living in society together when, when certain things never get done. And, and, to, and tell my kids, you know, if, if, you, if, God's, if God wants you to work this job, There's absolutely nothing wrong with that whatsoever, and it's actually the way in which you contribute to society, which in a strange way means everyone's supposed to contribute to society, because we have this thing called work, where we all serve one another, through even if it's selfish means, I I want money so that I can do what I want to do, but I'm still serving other people in order to do it. I'm still taking the trash guy, I'm still creating tile, I'm still installing carpet or whatever the case may be. And um, we'll continue this conversation as we come back on the other side, but again, just a The importance and value of of St. Joseph as a model is something that is is extremely important. And if you're enjoying the conversation here, we'd encourage you to come back on the other side of the break. We'll talk a little bit more about the dignity of work and the importance of St. Joseph. You're listening to Real Presence Radio across the Real Presence Radio Network.
0: Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network.
4: Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference.
5: Our number is 701-223-2424. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840.
3: As a sole provider, the needs of my growing family are something I pray for daily. I know continuing my education will
0: benefit my family in the end, but I worry about what I'll miss while doing so. University of Mary knows that choosing to continue your education at this point in life can be both challenging and rewarding. That's why we've created a robust portfolio of truly affordable, truly flexible, and truly formative online programs to make choosing easy. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. That's dot L-I-F-E. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR
2: Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. I am your host this morning, Nathan Sather, and we're talking a little bit about St. Joseph with Steve Splanskowski, who's just old hat here around uh, Real Presence Radio. <laughs> it's a, it's I wear a an great, old hat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's a pleasure to have him in today. And I just talked a little bit before the break about uh, you know the work of St. Joseph and, and how every every job, every person, I'm actually looking out the window and we got some city workers here. It looks like they're doing some sewer repairs or whatnot to the street outside the studio. But everyone's work provides some benefit to somebody and that's a way in which we all order our lives together, and, and St. Joseph is a great model for that.
3: Well, and I think uh, really the idea of man, even from the beginning, is that work is a redeeming activity. It really keeps us, keeps us going. Um, you know, you hear stories so often of people, the moment they retire and stop working, they die. Yeah. You know, um, or they come up, they end up having a disease and stuff. And so really, and, and really the sense of retirement is really just a, a new uh, modern idea there was really never any retirement. Man was we're we're made to work. Now now, keeping that in mind, however, there is this sense that work is everything. But uh, I like to go back to uh, there's a book um, a play or it's a a play is the basis of culture. I'm getting the title wrong, but anyway, the the sense there is that sometimes we put really actually marx marxism has a really big focus on work is everything that man does but the other sense is that education and knowledge and and the development of the intellectual mind is also a work that needs to be done and so you have the both the the faith and the reason um side of man and so work looks like different things and i think we have to be really careful in society of saying well your work you know, so, so I, you have a college professor who could say, the guy who's taking, the janitor who's taking the garbage out, his work's not as important as mine. Or as the janitor saying, you know, all you do is sit in your office and on the computer. Your work is, this is, this is not okay. It's not, this conversation is not even a good conversation to have because work has its value in each person's life. And even in that sense of, so I grew up a farm boy. Right, so I, I know the value of labor, and you know, going out and working fourteen hours a day during harvest and, and during planting season, um, and now I work on radio. Do I work the same way? No. Uh, and so, should we sit here in judgment of one another's work? No, because as you said, Nathan, before the break, uh, everything we do is a, is kind of part of the the whole of the work of society and making this this big wheel turn. Right, but not just that; that it is, is part of our salvation. So if I go out and shovel horse manure out in my pasture, that's just as much part of my salvation as if I'm sometimes out here uh, evangelizing, or I'm, especially if I'm doing it next, you know, side by side with my sons and my daughters and teaching them what, what real work is like. And so every activity um, that we do is part of that journey towards, towards eternal
2: life. Well, I I think about Jesus... You know, watching Joseph work, especially as a young boy. I love bringing my kids into my work whenever I can do it, just because I like spending time with my own kids. But that um, parable he talks about with the workers, right? Some work uh, from the beginning of the day, some come in the last hour, but they all get the same wages. And the people are like, well, wait a minute, I should have gotten more. Begrudging another man his own salary, right? I wonder how many times jo- Jesus may have seen Joseph, right? Where he was there right away in the morning and broke his back, Working hard all day in the hot heat, and Jesus was like, "Well well shouldn't you have gotten more? No son, I agreed to work for this wage. This is what I agreed to. Mm-hmm. And maybe there were times Joseph showed up at two in the afternoon when he finally got that temporary job in Egypt, and Jesus was like, "Well what about the other people? We all agreed to this. this is what the the owner was being generous. Uh, he he, know, he knows our situation, how hard. Our, our, our situation is we're thankful that he was good to us this day. And there will be another day where someone else receives that same generosity. And I know it's hard because Jesus is God, but Jesus is still completely human, right? He's like us in all things but sin. So were those things that Jesus saw that when that time came, Joseph was the model for how many of those stories in Scripture that we never would have otherwise known because the Scripture author doesn't tell us about it that probably came from the living witness of being with St. Joseph as a young boy.
3: Yeah. You know, we don't, we don't hear any of the words of St. Joseph. I mean, and he, he, all you hear is that he lived a life faithful um, as a model for God, the Son of God. <laughs> How do you be model for the Son of God? <laughs> a little bit of pressure there. I think yeah, I would yeah. fail. Uh, but he didn't, he didn't, even, even that, he didn't. Actually, at the beginning, he, he kind of wanted to walk away, right? But uh, the angel said, don't, don't be afraid. And so he moved forward. And he didn't, didn't cower in fear over that. And so, you know, I think it's, it's good for us to reflect upon uh, every day. And I think you mentioned this before the break too, Nathan, is, is really living day to day. Many of the saints, probably all of the saints, but I haven't read all of them, so I can't say that. But many of the saints talk about how the present is our real experience of eternity the eternal now. If you want, if you have a question of saying, well, what is heaven going to be like? Well, eternity is there's no past and there's no there's no future. So the only thing we can compare it to is the present. And so living in that present moment and making the most of every present moment, like Nathan and I right now are having a conversation about St. Joseph and how do we do, how do we have this conversation the best way so that the Lord is edified. And so that those who are listening to us are, are, are drawn to that. That's all, that's all we're focused on right now. We're living in the present moment. And when we walk out of the studio, we have other things to do, but that's in the Lord's hands. And I think living that way for me actually has been just an ocean, an ocean of peace where you can kind of tell as soon as you start walking away from the water and up onto the beach, you're like, wait a minute, I'm not feeling as much peace anymore. I need to go back to the ocean. You know, that that ocean of peace is really present to us, available to us, our gift in the present moment. And so living in that present moment, and no matter what your work you're doing at this time, in comparison to the work that you've done in the past, that you'll do in the future, or any work that anyone else is doing, this is your time of salvation. The Lord is drawing you to himself in this task you're doing right now. And so I think to remember that, and live that way is really, it, it, it. it's so freeing, has been for me.
2: Yeah. yeah, well, you mentioned that, just the way in which our lives are segmented, right? Like right now, I'm a, a, a guest on a radio program. I wasn't three hours ago when my wife was waking up, taking care of our newborn boy, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to be like that when I go to work at three o'clock today. But letting the Lord guide you in those moments, and He'll handle it while I'm not there. <laughs> He'll handle work when I'm not there. I don't need to be the only person there to do that. I don't need the only person to be at home. Life will go on at home if I'm not there for a few hours. And trusting that he's handling all these other things. I just have this one present moment to do this one task that I have at this time. And when that's accomplished, I'll go on to the next one. Is very freeing that you you don't have to worry about all the, the fears and concerns about things are not going very well. And do you want to Do our our last one here, talking about frailties and weaknesses a little bit?
3: Yeah, so the, uh, let me go back here. One of my other favorite quotes from here. The greatness of St. Joseph Joseph, is that he was the spouse of Mary and the father of Jesus. In this way, he placed himself, in the words of St. John Chrysostom, at the service of the entire plan of salvation. At times, we want to be in complete control, yet God always sees the bigger picture. Even through Joseph's fears, God's will, his history, and his plan were at work. Joseph then teaches us that faith in God includes believing that he can work even through our fears, our frailties, and our weaknesses. He also teaches us that amid the tempests of life, we must never be afraid to let the Lord steer our course. St. Joseph's model of heroic trust.
2: Pray for for us. us.
3: And this reminds me of uh, 2 Corinthians 12 you know where paul says grace is sufficient for for power is made perfect in weakness and you know that sense of i was at a men's conference one time and the speaker said lead with your weaknesses and then he went on to talk about something else and that just like burned that phrase got burned into my brain and i and it had from that point on has changed every every leadership role i've ever been in where i walk in because you know so often we want to say well here are my strengths Here's what I'm good at. And we're going to focus on what I'm good at because that makes me look good. And my weaknesses, well, we're not going to talk about those. You know, and, but, but if you get into a leadership position and you want to draw other people into that mission, you have to focus on your weaknesses because your weaknesses make the opportunity for other people to step in and shine with their strengths. And so mm-hmm. that just struck me in, in, in a leadership role of just lead with your weaknesses, embrace your weaknesses and going back to what I previously said, you know, in a SWOT analysis, your weaknesses are actually a greater opportunity than your strengths, because your weaknesses force you into relationship with other people, and the Lord is working in their lives, giving them grace and, and the ability to be a part of this mission, whatever it is that you're doing. It could be a mission of cleaning the barn, okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that can be your mission at this moment. Uh, but if you, otherwise, you end up having to do everything yourself, if you focus on your strengths. If you focus on your weaknesses... It draws you into a community with other persons and you can accomplish so much more. And so really that, that courage um, and, and working through our fears and our frailties and our weaknesses and embracing them as an opportunity, not as an obstacle.
2: Yeah, well, and it just, we don't live alone. I mean, if there's one thing that the whole COVID thing should probably teach us is that we really are dependent upon other people. We can't get through this life alone. I mean, even just watching some of the things that were happening and, you know, no toilet paper and, you know, all, all kinds of strange things, right? Like those supply chains are a whole lot shorter than, than we thought they were. Yeah. And, and I remember my wife and I talking about how dependent we are upon workers at a factory somewhere making toilet paper and how important they are to us and how we, for the most part, took all that for granted. And we don't live alone. We do need the other people to fill in the gaps. And then at the same time, we fill in other people's gaps in, in what we do. And there, there's a reason why there is a communion of saints, and, and we are to be a part of it. That doesn't stop, or I shouldn't say that, I should say it the other way. It doesn't start in the church, it starts in real life. It starts with us helping each other in, in just the daily things of life, and, and that's a blessing. It's a blessing to not have to have it all all together, all on your own, because if anything's dependent upon just one of us, this whole thing's going to come crashing.
3: <laughs> no, it's the truth, Absolute truth. Well, and I really think the, probably the blessing of this last year um, of isolation and, and COVID and whatnot has been that we've been drawn back into prioritizing in our lives what's important. And I think mm. almost everybody would say relationships, being able to see yeah. people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, like, it's huge. It's amazing.
2: Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Steve, it's been a great uh, half hour. Um, again, it goes by absolutely so fast. Uh, But we thank you for coming in with your insights and your thoughts. And, again, it's always a blessing to have you here. We're not going to kick you out. We're going to come back on the other side of the break, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the ways in which Real Presence Radio got off the ground and looking back at 20 years of Real Presence Radio. And we'll do that on the other side of this break. Uh, And you're listening to Real Presence Radio across the Real Presence Radio Network.
0: Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area
1: on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started.
0: You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Real Presence Radio. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. We're joining you here from our studio in Fargo. Again, it's a, a glorious day, a day that the Lord has given us, and we're grateful and thankful for that. Uh, We just talked a little bit about St. Joseph with Steve Sponskowski and certainly enjoyed that. And now in this segment, since we uh, were able to convince Steve to come on to talk about St. Joseph, we're going to kidnap him for a half an hour and look back a little bit about 20 years of Real Presence Radio doing the Lord's work across our listening area, going from closets to (laughs) radio stations across multiple states and multiple dioceses. Um, But my first question for you, Steve, when talking about the history of Real Presence Radio is just, can you believe it's been 20 years?
3: Well, I wasn't here for 20 years. I was only here for 14 and a half. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's when you look back, it's crazy. I remember when I came on March of 2007, Steve Logering said, you know, wouldn't it be great some year if we had 20, sometime if we had 20 radio stations? And of course, we're at 28, 29 now. Um, And I was talking to something the other day, looking back, you know what's interesting about that? is it wasn't just we bought a group of 10 stations and now we have 10 and boom, now we have 15. Every single radio station was one step forward, difficulties, struggles, building relationships, a step back, a step forward, that door closed, another door opened. Every station has its own story, its own relationships. Um, And then, you know, it's kind of like life. You live every life, you know, your life day by day, and then after twenty years or whatever, fifteen years for me, you look back and go, "Oh my goodness, I remember saying one time, would 'Wouldn't that be nice if this was how it was?'" And <laughs> and, and and the Lord went beyond. Um, and so that's you know, looking back to me, that's what that is. You you see the Lord, you know, kind of like that footprints story. You know, you're like the Lord's been carrying you the whole time, and it's His footprint in the, in the sand um, for much of the journey. And uh, yeah, it, it's pretty amazing. Yes. But
2: it's- you mentioned earlier about the thimble, right? If you only give God a thimble, you only get a thimble. So if we only ask for 20 stations, how did we get 28? <laughs> well, I
3: think we were willing to adjust. You know, that was, you know, we go back, you know, and every year I'd go to the board and say, here's the budget for the year. And I'm just going to tell you, this is my wish list. And we would, we also had a, on, our, on our budget kind of a line, if we could, what would we? You know, so the sense of if somebody walked in the door, we always had that sense of if somebody walked in the door and said, I got a million dollars, what would you do with it? We always wanted to be open to that. And so that was a conversation that uh, Ed Schmitz and Steve Logring really um, always drove on the board level saying, let's be open if the Lord wants us to go way beyond uh, what this is. And what, you know, the question was always, what is Real Presence Radio? You know, we define that in our mission, but we're also open to whatever the Lord might take that to uh, you know, what is, what does is he want? To, we did radio, but we also had our website and we had podcasts and a web stream. At one point we did CDs that we sent out, you know, we were always open to what the Lord, um, had in mind. And so, yeah, that thimble, we handed it to him, but we said, but if you want to give us a bucket, just tell us how to fill it, you know? Yeah,
2: well, I, I think that's an important part of being open that, that, um, holy indifference, you know, it's the Lord's station. He can do with it what he wants to, but if we 're completely closed off to what might be possible, then it 's no longer his, then it becomes ours right it 's right. this thing that's that 's ours and I do think a lot of ministries kind of have that that problem of well, this is what this has to be well then now now you 've taken it away from him mm-hmm. and and how can he bless it if you 're not allowing him to to go beyond the, the the little scope that we have in our own minds of what something could or could possibly be? But I think if you told someone 20 years ago, this is what Real Presence Radio will look like in 20 years, there's not a single person that would have said, oh yeah, that's likely that, that, that will happen. Right. And I think a lot of people, I know you well enough to know how much you care about doing the Lord's work in the day in and the day out. It's not Steve Sponskowski's thing. You're very open and clear about that. But you did need to have a special person in that place who was open, who had that docility, and, and that was you. And you're, you're an important part of the story that for most of us, I mean, I lived in Washington, D.C. They couldn't keep a radio station until Guadalupe went in there. I think Cleveland Station shut down back in the day. Lots of places much larger than this with a lot more ability to draw money have been a far less successful than Real Presence Radio has. How did this happen?
3: <laughs> well, I, I thank you for your uh, kind words. And, I, I, you know, over the years you try to figure out, you know, how do you respond to what the Lord does and the great work that he does. And, and, and what part do we get to take credit for? And I love Mother uh, Teresa's phrase, we're not called to be successful, we're called to be faithful. Yep. And, I, you know, there's so many times people come to me and say, oh, great job, Steve. And I would say, oh, no, it's the Lord. And, you know, and there are a couple of people chewed me out a couple of times, you know, and, and I learned from that where they said, you know, you did do something here. You said yes. Okay, I can, I can take that. <laughs> I you know, and, and you know, through with the help of my wife and my family and friends and, and great people that surrounded me, we were. I was con- able to continue to be faithful to the call to keep moving forward. Um, and of course, that all goes back. Of course, the Lord even gives you the ability to be faithful, um, yep, yep, so it's yep. His too. But 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 how does this all happen? It's just one step at a time, and people coming through the door. You know, and I go back to weaknesses. I, I learned how many, we, I have so many weaknesses, and I learned about each one of them, and at first they freaked me out, you know, and I would, so I first get in, and, and my first job really at Real Presence was engineering, because the station, 1370, was off the air more, more than it was on, um, and I had no engineering experience, but my dad was an, was an appliance repairman, so he had an electronics background. So I called dad and said, I'm supposed to try to figure out how to keep this radio station on the air. Can you bring your toolbox? We're going out to the tower site. And we're going to try to figure out what's going on. He was like, absolutely. So my dad is that, you know, right next to <laughs> me. We we're out there looking at something. And we found some loose wires and, you know, and, and tightened down some grounding. On the, and then you know, called people and said, do you know an engineer who could help us? And found a local engineer who would help. You know? So it wasn't really, again, me finding my strengths. Although in a sense it was the strength of being able to call on other people to help. But finding other people's strengths and drawing them to this mission. And so over and over, you know, I remember in 2010, uh, Janelle came on as a fundraiser. And she got out there and right away. I thought, oh, my gosh, she's better at fundraising than I am. Holy cow. I mean, there's just, holy cow. I can't stand, hold a candle to her. And I told Ed mm-hmm. Schmitz, I said, I need to travel with her and, and figure out how she does this. And Ed said, why? Are you intimidated by her gifts? So I'm so thankful that he said that to me Mm. because it changed how I look at everything. I said, he said, Steve, you don't have to have every gift. You just have to know how to help other people use their gifts for this mission. Mm. Holy cow. I just changed everything. And so from that point forward, it was no. Am I intimidated by somebody's gift? That's a question I ask myself. I walk in a room and, you know, kind of like, am I intimidated by their gift? I shouldn't be. I should be excited about their gift. And so from that point forward, it was really that sense of, I'm looking for everybody else's gift. And I want to ask the Lord, how do we use this at Real Presence Radio if that's where you want it?
2: Yeah, yeah. And I remember one time listening to a talk and the speaker was doing, you know, I would say a a poorer job than I would have done if I was speaking on the topic. And then it kind of hit me like, well, don't I want everyone to have like that kind of ability and and, and knowledge too? Like, don't we want to live in a church where you wouldn't have to have apologetics classes? Everyone just knew it. You know, the this, this sense that other people have a work to play too. I'm not the only person on planet Earth uh, that, that can do that. And even in my own work, I've, I've, I'm in a job now where I manage five people and I'm stunned at how well they do. And I'm constantly told what a great job I'm doing. And it's like, <laughs> no, really, like it's these yeah. two people. But, but allowing them to shine in a certain sense makes me feel good. Like watching them develop and grow is very... Um, rewarding for me was it rewarding watching your staff and your staff grow and watching them use their gifts to grow the station?
3: Everyone I've talked to in management and I've shared the same experience as a manager, you kind of feel like a dad and sometimes your kids are older than you when you're in management, (laughs) but you're so proud of the work that they do and that, and that you get to be part of the work that they do. I mean, every person here that I hired at real presence radio, um, I got to step back. I always felt like some, I'm kind of a Jack of all trades, master of none. So you throw me in a situation and I can make it work, but I'm not going to be the one who perfects it. I'm not going to make the one who, I'm the one who makes it really, really, really good. I can make it work for now until somebody better comes along. And that was, I was looking, always looking for that somebody better who was going to come along, who could take it to that level, that greater level of perfection, closer to perfection. And so every person I hired at Real Presence Radio was that attempt to say, I know I'm doing this kind of okay, but I know this can be better. Can you make this better? And they always made it better. And you step back and go, Wow. Oh, I, yeah, I could have never figured that out. You know, I spent, you know, Brad Wilson came in as an engineer and he'd, he'd come and look at my wiring. He's like, uh, Who wired this? Me? Oh, I don't mean to insult <laughs> <assault> you, however. <laughs> and he was always so gracious about it. It was just, I said, No, no, Brad, Brad, change anything you want. You know, and he just like, Okay, I'm going to change this. I hope you're not offended. No, no, no. Absolutely. And so, yeah, I was, it was just a, a great opportunity. And then to see those, you know, each of our staff come into that position and grow and, and to see what Real Presence Radio did in their lives. And even now, sometimes when I'm listening to, sh- to the radio and I'm hearing you know, how Real Presence Radio has changed their lives to work at Real Presence Radio and to be able to minister to others, it's like, holy cow, I'm mm-hmm. blown away what yeah. the Lord is doing.
2: Yeah. So. Well, and I, this radio station certainly has meant a lot to me um, I used to have a longer commute, so I did listen more back in the day than than I do now, unfortunately. Um, But I I can't remember exactly where I was, but a woman said, I I, I think I recognize you. Who are you? Well, long story short, I'd given my uh, conversion story on air with um, Catholic coach uh, Tim Mosier at the time, and she recognized my voice, not my face. And so, you know, she started talking about how she was inspired by my story or whatever else. And it's like, I was very floored, you know, like, you know, people are listening, but until you come into contact with them and they share that with you, you don't know what the impact is. And in in one sense, that's a blessing Mm -hmm. because you don't get a, a, a chance to get any feedback. So you do have to give like radio forces you to give, but then hearing it back is very edifying, um, do you have a, a, a story of a, of a particular listener or whatnot that came back where you're really like, wow, we're really doing amazing work here?
3: Well, so often, I mean, I think we're coming on coming a break, so maybe I'll just Other kind of tease it, yeah, yeah, you know, tease, it, yeah. tease it to you. But I mean, I, I could... I could. I can share a lot of stories with you of people who would come out to me. I mean, one specific, a gal Dickinson, when we were out there in 2012 to bring the station on the air. We had a banquet, and she came up to me and said, I'm just going to tell you right now, I'll be honest with you. Is like, okay, can I be honest, brutally honest? I said, go for it. She said, we need Catholic Radio like, we need, like I need a hole in my head. You know, well, there's so many other more important things we could be doing. I said, okay, thank you very much. <laughs> Have a great day. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't remember what I said, but I hope I said that. Um, and a year later, banquet, she walked in and she said, do you remember me? I said, I'll never forget you. (laughs) And she said, I love Catholic radio It's changed my life. I had no idea what it could do.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you, and you don't know, I mean, until it's there, I I had to hunt for it uh, in a certain sense. And maybe we'll get back to that on the other side of the break, but hunting for it is not something that necessarily people are going to do. Uh, But when it's right there, it definitely can change their life. And so how did I hunt down uh, Catholic radio? We'll get that on the other side of this break. Uh, You're listening to Steve Splinskowski and myself on Real Presence Radio across the Real Presence Radio Network.
0: This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.
4: Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of
1: Advancement for Real Presence Radio, with a creative gift planning tip. Do you want to make sure Real Presence Radio continues to receive your support in perpetuity? a gift which will last in perpetuity, please call me, Mike Kitrowski at 701-290-4503. State tax credits may apply in some states. Let's get started.
0: This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network. Bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the upper Midwest. Now, back to the show.
2: Welcome back to Real Presence Radio. I am your host, Nathan Sather, and I'm joined here in this segment by Steve Splanskowski. We're just kind of going through the journey of a look back 20 years at Real Presence Radio. And I kind of teased before the break, I was going to talk about how I had to hunt uh, for Catholic Radio Uh, I lived in D.C. We were commuting back and forth to work. I'd spend two to three hours a day in my car. That is not an exaggeration. The radio got really boring listening to the same commercials on the sports uh, channel there. And uh, my wife was going through RCIA. Long story short, I wanted to look more into these things. There was no resource I could find. Well, I would get podcasts on my old iPod, you know, before everything was just on your phone. And I put in Catholic and EWTN showed up. And the open line shows, that's all you could get was open line. Um, and those five shows every day was on there. One of them was John Martinoni. And long story short, he could explain the Catholic faith. And I didn't think that was possible. I mm-hmm. thought it was one of the most, I wouldn't say absurd, but certainly not logically consistent, certainly not reasonable. Uh, but yeah, listening to John Martinoni, started my journey back to uh, the real practice of my own Catholic faith from my childhood and understanding it better. But I did have to hunt for it. And so to have the blessing of it just here, I can drive from here to Bismarck, I can drive from here to Dickinson, I can drive all over and still listen to Real Presence Radio. Uh, and and my journey into Real Presence Radio as being a host came through you know Tim Mosier. He I was the youth director in Valley City, and Tim came over to do a little uh, spiel for our youth, and uh, he basically said, Hey, you know, you you kind of have an interesting story. Can I can I steal you for an hour to come on the show? And and I did, and that was when we were still in the south. Moorhead facility. And uh, I remember being very intimidated, you know, like, oh my gosh, is anyone going to listen? But I, I always love talking about Jesus and love sharing about Jesus. And so Tim was definitely um, my 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 first entry into possibly doing this. And I've just been so thankful for Real Presence Radio. There's been many times in my life where the busyness of life kind of gets me and then, oh, someone dropped out of being able to host on Monday. Hey, Nathan, could you fill in? And it's like, oh yeah, reprioritize myself, right? And to challenge me, like, oh, am I am I talking about the things on air at work or with my coworkers or with my kids or whatnot? I mean, it's just it's been so edifying in my own life. I just can't thank enough. I can't thank Jesus enough for this radio station, how it's impacted me.
3: Well, well, I mean, I, I remember having the conversation there, like 2010, 2011, after you were on the air, saying, uh, you know, and it, you know, that was the funny thing as executive director. And I shared this with with Mark Holcroft, the new exec here at Real Presence Radio. The Lord gives you the graces to do this job, and He gives you ideas. And so there would be times where I'd be sitting, going, a name would come into my head, and I would say, "Lord, what? Why are you putting that name in my head?" Well, oh. just just and your name came in my head for hosting, you know, real presence live. And uh, and then that day you came in the studio, and I was, afterwards I was as I remember, I was I was running the board back then. We didn't have okay.
1: anything <laughs> okay. I also ran the board <laughs> uh, at that point.
3: Uh, I hadn't hired Brandon Clark yet, and. Uh, and I, as I was sitting, I was like, Lord, should I be? Okay, I should talk to him about hosting after on the break, shouldn't I? Yeah, I mean, and, and I was like, the Lord's very clear. And so he just kind of gave that insight, that ability um, to do the job. I mean, he provided everything, which was amazing uh, to really uh, continue forward. And so... Yeah, I remember that conversation. It was I'm so glad you're, I mean, here you are. You're still hosting, how many, 11 years later, you're still hosting Real Presence Oh uh, Well,
2: whatever. I mean, I've, I've definitely, when, when you guys went to the more regional stuff or whatever, I basically became the emergency bottom of the barrel. Hey, uh, you know, someone's <laughs> sick and we, we need to fill oh, in somebody here. Well, I don't think it's bottom of the barrel, but... The... Or, it, well, it's, it's not the top. It's definitely not the top. <laughs> um, but, but being able to do that hosting here really impacted my ministry work in Valley City because it oh, hey, our youth director is going to be hosting the radio program, right? So now parents listened in. We had the sixth grade, fifth and sixth grade class. They would, The teacher would allow them to listen when I was hosting. And it, and, and it allowed me to become all what, what, what I call furniture. I think one of the most important things in ministry is to be furniture. Uh, there's a statue of St. Joseph in the school in Valley City. And no one looks at it, right? It's just furniture. But if you move that that statue out, People would walk by them, hey, what's missing? So, something's supposed to be here, but it's not there. So that, that, that furniture ministry where, where you're there and you're important and you're just a part of the life of what's going on, this radio station helped me in that way uh, tremendously. And I still have lots of relationships you know, with those people that I love tremendously. And if I'm honest, we usually have little reunions at the Real Presence Radio Banquets where we you know, <laughs> sit together at the tables. It's just an opportunity to come back and reconnect. I mean, the radio station really is a part of our our daily life it's it's not uh um i'm not exaggerating to say that
3: well and i like what you're saying there because that's exactly kind of was our our goal when we look at it and even as i'm working with other radio groups across the nation i'm i'm we're not here to create something new catholic radio real presence radio billings catholic radio Atlanta catholic radio we're not here to create something new we're actually what we want to do is become like you said that furniture we, we want to come in and amplify and assist in the good work that is already being done, which is really actually pretty cool because one of the definitions of evangelization is really an invitation by the Holy Spirit to participate in the work He's already doing. Okay. And so that's what Catholic Radio is here. Real Presence Radio is here uh, really just to amplify, to, uh, to amplify the work of the bishops, of the priests, of those who are working in, in uh, youth ministry and in family ministry and the pro-life work. We don't have to create anything new. We become furniture in the in ability to amplify that work that's being done. And so it's just, it's, you become a part, immediately become a part of great works. You don't have your own work. You're just helping everybody else with their work. And it can feel, you know, like you said earlier, you know, it can, you can feel kind of alone in radio. And that's a lot of times, a lot of what I'm doing is calling people saying, you know, encouraging them. You're, you're, you're doing well. You're doing well. Keep it up. Keep it up. This is good work. Don't be, you know, don't get down. <clears throat> because it's discouraging when you don't get instant feedback. Yeah. Right? And so, like, right now we're on the radio. I we have no idea who's listening. Nobody. I think my wife is listening.
2: <laughs> I did pay her. I was like, just, just please. We need somebody. <laughs> yeah.
3: So one person's like is listening. We have no idea. We have no idea if we're having any impact. And so you don't get instant feedback. You don't get that instant gratification of looking in someone's eyes across the table and, and them going, oh, "Oh, I get it now." We have no. We have no idea. And so you have to keep moving forward, trusting that the Lord the Lord becomes that instant gratification. He becomes the feedback and that's all you can live off of. Um, and, and that's purifying. That's purifying yes. for me.
2: Yeah. Well, even in my own job now, like <clears throat> I, I won't say I get instant feedback cause that's certainly not the case. Um, but, but there are times when I have to make a hard decision. Are we going to go left? Are we going to go right? How are we going to approach this problem? How are we going to tackle it? Uh can't be babysat all the time. Um, but, in, in, in doing so and taking you know, the, the next step or that next decision, and then you do get the feedback later, hey, you guys did a great job. And again, like you said, the fatherly kind of thing, that's exactly how I feel about work. I, I, I don't think of them as my children in the sense that like, I'm greater than them or anything like that, but it, it is fatherly in the sense that you want to see them excel and see them exceed, and then exactly. when they do, like shine that light on them. Um, and and that, that, that's a huge... A huge blessing that I re- I'm really beginning to enjoy at this stage of of my working career, being able to see the growth and whatever in in people. Um, but you see that at the Real Presence Radio banquets, um, you know, you, you you see the joy in people, you see the smiles, and it's all around this thing called Catholic radio, which is actually surprisingly very intimate. Uh, it's way more intimate than television or or, or another kind of media. Uh, you 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 hear a voice, you know, Jack Williams, if you've never seen his his picture. But you envision in your mind what he might look like, right? Mm-hmm. And then when you see a, a brochure or a, a, a some type of advertisement that Real Presence Radio does, and you see the face, it's it's odd for you, right? right? So there's there's this intimacy that comes through through radio and not getting that instant feedback that uh, that does force you to to create bonds of intimacy with people because they they have to in their own mind fill in the gaps that radio leaves void, and that imaginative work of the Holy Spirit, I think makes Catholic radio a very interesting media uh, to, to do that and to get across the message. And then, you know, when people call in, when people hear that, when you do get that feedback, again, it's like that, that Mother Angelica thing, one foot on the ground, one foot in the air, and you just are, hope that when that foot comes down again, there, there is going to be ground there, but trusting that he'll put the ground there yeah. uh, to do that. And, you know, St. Janelle on fire when she's talking to people and whatever else. And there's been so many relationships I've built with the volunteers and staff at Real Presence Radio that it really is it really is Catholic furniture in in our listening area. And I don't know what we would turn into if we didn't have it. I mean, it, it's almost a frightening. I don't, I'm not not trying to exaggerate, but it is almost a frightening thought to think about what would happen if this radio station were to just disappear tomorrow. What what would we do? And so, you know. What do you think, and I know you're not the exec anymore, but what, what do you think the next 20 years looks like for, for real presence? Right? What directions might the Lord take this in? And what is that solid ground that we're going to step on here in the next day, mm-hmm. the next minute, the next moment?
3: Well, that's actually, I'm pretty excited about that opportunity. And that was when I, when I let the board know back in almost a year ago that I was going to be leaving in six months. It really was on my heart that the Lord, you know, the kind of sense of, you know, Moses brought the Israelites to the promised land, but he didn't get to go in. Yep, and he yep. was kind of like, I, I'm supposed to step aside. Um, and the next person, uh, yeah, my beard is growing. Maybe <laughs> that's my boy, my beard is growing. Um, you know, I'm supposed to step aside and someone else, you know, Joshua led him in the promised land here. It's, it's uh, Mark Holcraft. So uh, maybe his middle name's Joshua. I have no idea. But we but, should ask Yeah, him. we'll ask him. <laughs> but, you know, leading into the promised land of what the next thing is, I see great things because of the amazing people across this area. What, we have such a gift, and I'm, I'm able to see this even now more. You know, you get sense of you don't know what you have until you don't have it anymore. And now I'm working with other groups across the nation. Wow. What we have in this this area with our, our listeners, with our priests, our bishops, we are so blessed uh, to have the support that we have. It's not—not not everybody supports Catholic Radio the way the Real Presence Radio group here celebrates. And so what a gift. And uh, really, you know, either way— it, in this, if the Lord decides to shut down Real Presence Ready, he'll rise he'll raise something else up. But I don't think that's his goal. Um I think he's got great things uh, under the leadership of Mark Holcroft here in mind and the the board of directors. They I mean really, at the end of the day they're the rock. Um and, and they, they keep things moving forward and so it's just a great gift. So it's been an honor.
2: Awesome. Well, on behalf of all of our listeners, Steve, I always want to thank you for coming in and sharing uh, your experiences. You are greatly loved uh, throughout our listening area for a multitude of reasons and not just tears at the banquet. So there's multiple reasons yeah, why we love so. you. Well, pray for me, please. Please <laughs> pray right. for me. We definitely will. Well, coming back on the break, we'll come back with some South Dakota news and some get some updates from our friends down there in South Dakota. You're listening to Real Presence Live across the Real Presence Radio Network.